Well, we came here to talk about, about a madman's dream of a milk-proof $300 million uh, blockbuster based on, based on a 1930s sci-fi novel. <laughs> is, that uh, the start, is that the start of the episode? Let's start it there. That feels like a good <laughs> intro to me. And my name's, <laughs> and my name's Sam and Dotar Sojat. Dotar Sojat. Dotar Sojat. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Jeddak. Jeddak. Je- I don't even know if you can know. So many. Thing, um, so many I started writing out. Um, I started writing out like an intro where basically I would do it all just with words from this movie, um, and then just say imaginary movie podcast in the middle of it, and then my name's and then David at the end, and then I would just <laughs> let you guys come in. Uh, but it seemed like with just two of us that that would be kind of like it... asking you to really play up the reaction. Uh, no, I would completely have appreciated that. Uh, there is so much nonsense in this movie. And we'll, so, I want to get into why there's Z- nonsense Z- in this movie. Zadanga, Barsoom, Sabfam. I mean, it, with Doja, Sojat, Jeddak, Shekalot, Gates of Is. Uh, it just well, goes let's on. Movie, Sam. Let's introduce the movie. Let's do a plot summary, and then and then the first thing I want to hit is fucking sci-fi nonsense words. Okay, uh, so transported to Barsoom, aka Mars, apparently, a Civil War vet discovers a barren planet seemingly inhabited by twelve-foot-tall barbarians. Finding himself prisoner of these creatures, he escapes only to encounter Wooler and a princess in desperate need of a savior. Uh, just and, to be well, clear, the film was John Carter John in 2012. Because yeah, we haven't that. actually mentioned it. You've read the and thing. And honestly, read... this is one occasion, Sam, where I couldn't expect anyone to um, to marry up that that you've just read with the movie title John Carter. John Carter. If you when you, met, that when you said we should watch Avatar? this the other day, when you said we should watch this the other day, I genuinely in my head thought you meant the basketball movie with Denzel Washington, which I think is called <laughs> Coach Carter. Like, again, this doesn't evoke... Like a sci-fi epic, you know. It's one of those films. Oh well, we should we should we should contextualize it as well because one of those films that is infamous for being a box office bomb, and that I think is that is why we're here, isn't it? We're here to talk about like box office bombs, and we want to get into why these films fail. And I'm gonna. I hadn't seen this before, and I was th- I was reading through Wikipedia beforehand, with, and I've got loads no of. No one like, seen this before, Sam. But I've got loads of I've got loads of stuff from the Wikipedia article, which is trying to explain why this failed. It was the marketing, and it was the um, uh, the, the the filmmakings in in the decision in the decision making in in the film, but also maybe like we just Mars isn't a thing that we're into anymore, and. And then you know, like Disney buried it, and there's all these lots. There's loads of there's loads of excuses going around about why this film didn't work. And then I watched it, and I'm like, it's because it's shit. <laughs> it's because it's a crap movie. I it's kinda, absolutely terrible. I disagree with you, Sam. I don't think this is a great movie. I really want to make that clear. I really don't think this is a great movie, but. We've seen worse movies we that have. made loads of money at the box office. I think this movie is forgotten and lost, Sam, because they biffed the marketing, like oh, maybe I, as badly as any movie has ever done so. Dave, I couldn't disagree more because the marketing is one thing, right? But if your film is good, 
you will find an audience. How many? How many no, films? I don't think. I don't think that's true. I, I I think it is true because look at all of look at all of the cult films that we that 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 don't have the support of the studio yet break through. Yet we have the, we have letter writing campaigns. We have people Shawshank Redemption buying it on VHS, etc. It, go, it goes yeah, on, yeah, yeah. on, on. But like after the point, I do. I you are right. There has to be a certain quality or a certain distinguishing feature about. <laughs> about a movie to meet no to get make it a cult movie after the fact like i think there's a lot aligned to make this film number one impossible to find because it's got the blandest name you can possibly imagine oh, the name if you've is seen terrible. this and even if you'd really liked it you could be forgiven for not remembering the name john carter because you don't hear it that much it's a mm-hmm. stupid bland name mm-hmm. um the fact that the marketing so shit the fact it was buried afterwards um there's no like you'd think there'd be action figures you'd think they would have like there was nothing on the star wars model let's make yeah. action figures let's get a deal with mcdonald's can we talk um, about the title can we talk about the title of this because it's based it's based off a turn of the century 1912 princess of mars i think is it like it's a serialized uh, yeah, so the book. first one is a prin- a princess of Mars. A princess of uh, Mars, right? Which is funny because straight away they were like, "Well, obviously we can't call it, but God, princesses is the same thing that we saw with the Princess and the Frog Disney movie, and there was a similar debate that happened with Tangled, the um, Rapunzel film, which is. Princess and the Frog came out. It was a bit underwhelming for Disney, and so they were going to make Rapunzel, which is like one of the most expensive movies ever made. And they didn't want to call it Rapunzel because they were like, "Well, boys aren't going to see it because it's about a girl." Eww. So they called it Tangled, and they had like, and they had there's another a prominent male character in that. Now this is this they have the same debate with this, and they have the same debate about a princess, but also even calling it John Carter on Mars, which I think would make. A lot more sense, but you know what they were worried about? They were worried about that women wouldn't go to see it because women don't like science fiction. And it's like, number one, let's just step back a second to Disney's fucking naming. Mulan, Cinderella, Moana, Sleeping Beauty, Beauty and the Beast, Snow White, Pocahontas, Alice in Wonderland. I mean, these are, you know, we've got smash hit movies that have women's names in them. Or princess in the title, and that we're absolutely fine. And so the idea again, this is I want to I want to push against this. The idea that we can blame the failure of this on the title, I just think is 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 nonsense. No, no, I, I don't think it's the title, Sam. I think like it's not just the title. The title is a big part of it, but it's also the marketing and how executives like quite often are quite stupid and quite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me try and phrase this in a way that makes sense. So. <laughs> As is often the case, to get to the head of your profession, which being a movie executive, you are quite high up in the movie-making business. You're probably of the older generation, even than the people who are making the films, which means you're two generations older Almost than the certainly. people watching the films. Watching, yeah, buying the Which tickets. means you're obviously totally fucking like not in touch, which is why they do focus groups, things like that. Um, I was listening to something recently about um, Jennifer's body. Uh, which is Jen- um, Jessica, what's her name? Megan Fox film, uh, mm-hmm. which you won't have heard of because they also like totally fucked up marketing for almost the exact same reason. Um, 
because that's a horror movie about um, Megan Fox uh, becoming a succubus who like uh, just you know it's really really bloody. She just eats 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 men, uh, <laughs> but it's not like a as you'd expect in I think this was two thousand and nine or something. It's not like a isn't Jennifer Fox uh, a Megan Fox sexy movie mm-hmm. uh, like she'd been in the Transformer films and things like mm-hmm. that. But because the marketing executives knew who Megan Fox was. All the marketing was like basically her tits and ass on things. Despite the fact that's not the film, what the film's about, they ha- they even filmed scenes for the trailer, like overly sexual scenes that aren't in the movie, <laughs> because focus groups had basically said there's a there's an interview with um, Megan Fox and the director, and apparently someone in one of the photo um, focus groups said uh, more boobs b e w b s. That was their only comment. And these are the sort of people they got in to do the focus group because they wanted to market this movie about a relationship, a friendship between two women and this like supernatural element. They wanted to market it to teenage boys because statistically, and this is the same thing with this movie, statistically, teenage boys are the biggest 18 to 35. 18 to 35. So you want to market all your movies to them. So again, that's an executive coming in and saying, I don't give a shit what your movie's about. Yeah. This is how we're going to market it. And this movie, so, go on. Well, no, I think you're right. I think what I think what it the, from what I've read on 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 John Carter is that there was a lot of there was a few there was failures in the marketing. Like I think people moved on halfway through the project. Also, Disney was buying Lucasfilm at the time, and so was like, well, we're not going to waste all of our sci-fi capital on this shit when we when we know that just a few years later we're going to be. Yeah. Star Wars and I guess movie. film studios are quite pragmatic when it comes to the sunk cost fallacy. That like they're quite happy to jettison a three hundred million pro- 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 um, product that's finished, rather than spending another three hundred million trying to sell it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at the Warner Brothers uh, debacle recently with that film. That they just yeah, they just canned it. They just absolutely canned it. And it was finished. <laughs> yeah, and they canned it so they could write off a tax. Yeah, like um, like, like like it. It's it is. I just, I just think, I just think we are, you know, this, this movie. There, there were failures. A lot of it seems to fall to and on Andrew Stanton's door, the director, and um, you know, kind of creative. I think this was mind. his first, his first live action movie. Yeah, um, so he'd done Bugs Life, Wally, Finding Nemo, so like smash hits, and obviously, obviously, a very talented filmmaker. But he seems he again. I don't, you know, just from what I've read, he seems to come across as being quite obstinate about this movie, quite unwilling to, to to suggest for a second that maybe, maybe if you fill your movie with loads of fucking jargon that nobody understands, and maybe if you don't give any, uh, give us uh, as an audience any reason to give a shit about these characters, like it's not going to be an engaging film. But then, but then. He he seems to be like blaming almost the audience for not getting it, and I just think... I think it's the problem of like fantasy nerds. Let's talk about fantasy nerds for a minute. Where's Joe? I feel like I just summoned him. <laughs> fantasy nerds. Um, Say it three times. He's gonna look for my coming at dawn on the fifth day in the east. Um... <laughs> you probably got that quote wrong. You probably got that quote wrong, and he's gonna. Um, Someone's gonna write. He's gonna write in my house somehow in the next half an hour to beat the shit out of me for getting that quote wrong for the four hundred and fifty fourth consecutive. That's from time. the movie and not from the books. Anyway, anyway, um, like 
So this is a it's a fantasy book, which is fine. I think you know there's a lot that that genre offers, especially in 2012. Like I just um, while I'm thinking about it, these are the films. These are the top grossing films from 2012, and we can loop back to this: mm-hmm. uh, The Avengers, The Dark Knight Rises, The Hunger Games, Skyfall, uh, The Hobbit, um, the second Twilight film, Amazing Spider-Man, Brave, Ted, ooh, and Madagascar Three. Right. Like. So straight away, some of those aren't like the others. Number one, yeah, Avengers. So Disney put this up again. I mean, I, I don't know when they released in terms of month, but we're still in the same year in terms of you know filling the movie void. Um, Avengers comes out in the same year, and and that is a huge moment because we've already had three or four films suppose, to build up to that. I suppose, though, in fairness. Um, that the Marvel Cinematic Universe was still like we could they they could have bailed at any point. I think the Avengers yeah. was the first movie to make after Iron Man to make loads of money. Mm-hmm. So I think like they put the the, the Avengers. They obviously didn't know they were going to make another thirty of these movies mm-hmm. <laughs> over the next decade um, and make you know billions and billions and billions of dollars. But still, um, but still, to be to be to be going up, and then and then you what was the other one you mentioned? Uh, the Hobbit was the other big the fantasy Hobbit. movie. The Hunger um, Games, the Hunger Games, the TV, yeah, that that's the fantasy where, novel, sci-fi. You know, like it's it's the event. It's like kind of like fantasy adventure, isn't it? That that's and then you're going up against that. That was really well anticipated during the you know the the, the novels were big before the movie. So I just think there's a lot of there's a lot of things that go wrong. On 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 the side, and when you compare it to like the other the list of all time box office bombs, this is number one. This is number one adjusted for inflation, and it's number one you know nominals well because it's just it was it was so big, it was so such a huge loss. Disney spent two hundred sixty three million on it. And got back yeah. 284. So you're going, you're looking up to 250 million. I've dollars. seen a lot of figures that say it's probably more like 300 million in production with, costs. with marketing costs, even with shit marketing. Even yeah. with marketing, with marketing costs, I think it's more like 400. Like, because they did have, it, even then, it costs you to like make, have posters made and yeah. trailers and things like that. Um, but I wanted to talk before we get dive into the, the, the era of the time, I just wanted to talk a bit about sci-fi adaptations because we now live in the world where every fucking like popular fantasy or sci-fi novel that's ever been written that more than three people have read is getting an amazon adaptation or a netflix adaptation um as of now the wheel of time is a big one that came out last year obviously game of thrones the witcher like we are just drowning it's the lord of the rings the first age the second age the third age i don't know how many ages there were um but like we are drowning in like a sea of this, um, but we weren't in 2012. Like you had Lord of the Rings. This is the, the year. This is the year the first Hobbit film came out. So this was kind of like the the first attempt to sort of like recapitalize on that mo- that movie product. On that, I keep referring to this as fantasy because I really feel like it. It's kind of that oh, right on the cusp of fantasy and sci-fi. It, it's like an know? it's like it's an hard Conan sci-fi 1980s yeah. fantasy movie. It's a sword it? and sandals movie. Sword and sandals, totally. But in space, <laughs> in space, yeah, like like Dune, like June, yeah. um, which also came out really recently. Uh-huh. Um, so it's kind of like silly. Um, 
so the things you get in sci-fi and fantasy, you get stupid names. So, like you said, the Jeddak, the fucking Ninth Ray. Dotar Sojat. Dotar Sojat. I still don't know what that means. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and you're the wrong guy to tell me. Um, <laughs> I'm, rel- I'm relying on you to get us through the plot of this. You I get so no much idea. of this. And, like, when you're adapting something, there's a kind of a point, there's a point where you draw a line in the sand and say, like, maybe we should, maybe we should, like, rewrite some of this and like that's always the funny line to walk isn't it where you want to be true to the source material because you know that source material is successful that's the reason you're adapting it is because people like it i guess with a 1912 novel you're not too worried about the fans who've all been dead for 60 years yeah. like you're not too worried about the hardcore fans mm-hmm. you're probably more concerned with like ad- adapting it to make like a decent screenplay i think that's maybe the step that most of these movies that are bad and i think i think this is a pretty bad story fall down is that like you need an extra step between the adaptation and the screenplay well, like, you get the adaptation turn that into a movie rather than just making that into yeah. a movie you said it you said the four word uh, uh, one word four syllables adaptation like why is lord of the rings the best uh fantasy movie ever made it's because, because they cut 40% fran walsh fran walsh and peter jackson knew how to write a movie and knew what to get rid of, and we would. Yep, and they didn't sing a single shot, fucking song. They shot Tom Bombadil in the head, and <laughs> they paraded his corpse. It's real greaseball shit among the. Oh shit! Joe would have me. I, <laughs> I should have the name of the Gandalf race. Pathetic. Uh, it's you get rid of all the stuff you don't need, right? But th- this goes back. This goes back to a wider point about like the reverence to the source material stanton is was 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 basically said like i thought that it was that i could go into this detail that i could explore all of this dotar sojat shit because people knew they knew about it. no one knew about this this wasn't something that was that was that was in the consciousness you know it's like not like it, game of thrones there's no like public fluency there's nothing and i and i think though i think this is like a i think this is a bit of a victim of the cultural osmosis because we've seen all this like george lucas mined this to death or or this kind of like turn of the century 1920s um (coughs) drama space opera style stuff and so a lot of it's not very new that's the thing when you're watching this it's like a lot of this just looks like attack of the clones because it's in the desert and and so i think in some ways to be fair the draw of like space, you know, aliens on Mars isn't a thing. It isn't a thing because literally in the turn of the century, people were arguing that there were there were constructed canals on Mars because we could yeah. see them through our shit telescopes. There, there was something there, but we didn't know what it was. And there were genuine arguments to say that there's creatures up there. Now we know that Mars is a barren wasteland with nothing on it. And but, I just like you said, there was this really popular theory, and it's not just this. Asimov, everyone who wrote sci-fi, yep. had Mars as this like ancient civilization that existed millennia before ours. You know, but and now, we're, but now we're looking at it. it. In 2012, we're watching. Now we've got a fucking rover up there, and there is nothing. You, you, it's uh, they're 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 literally. They're literally fucking tweeting from the surface of Mars, these robots. And it's and it's totally it's just a it's a totally it's a totally insane idea 
that I just don't think you can get your head around. You can't just think, okay, well, but where is this happening? Like, is this on the other side of Mars? Is there a dark side of Mars that we don't see? And the answer is no. And so you just, so I just think, think the connection is there. Do would be easier to swallow if it was just a planet? If it was I just honestly think planet X and it wasn't a... Give us a civilization. Give us a Guardians of the Galaxy style. Like, this is the world yeah. and we're going to... This is the universe that we're going to create. And I think absolutely... you. To me, there's just something wrong with the setting, and there's something wrong with the, with trying to connect that to the to the the modern world, which is an entire plot line that I just don't understand whatsoever. I don't understand. I, can we talk through the plot a bit? Um, yeah. Can you like, talk? I feel like you, you talk it through. You talk, to, uh, right. Just explain so, to so me. My, the bit I hate the most about this movie uh, is the fact that in the year of our Lord, and I keep saying the year of our Lord, but um, in the year of our Lord, twenty twelve. Um, we had a character who is a a former confederate soldier like he fought for slavery and that's our protagonist in the movie that's the main character um so we have like 20 minutes at the beginning where this like again this guy who literally fought to uphold slavery um like literally Shh. fought to uphold slavery don't, don't talk about that like basically outlines outlines his his plan to fucking steal a bunch of gold that presumably belonged to some kind of native american as far as he's concerned to steal a bunch of gold become rich and I, I don't know, like maybe still try and uphold slavery because he's a piece of shit. It's the and classic hero's journey, isn't it? Like we're already what? we're in, what's going. There's on? a really Indiana Jones feel to the very beginning of this movie. I don't know whether you agree. Well, I like... was I was actually I was actually quite invested at the start of this movie. I was at the very start. I was going. I don't know when you find out he fought for the Confederacy and he doesn't seem particularly contrite about it. Yeah, that 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 less so. I'll I'll be I'll be honest. But I was it, it, at least it's like because actually I, I quite like westerns. I quite like that, you know, indie kind of vibe that you get from those type of films. They don't make films like that anymore because they all absolutely bomb in the box office because people yeah. don't like this type of movie anymore. Like westerns, those classic adventure movies, they just die. They just die a death. And so many of the films in the you know the the shit the shit list are 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 of that are of that kind of um they are and they theme. aren't i think i think you are right sam the classical sort of like um like your indiana jones uh like 30 serial movies aren't really a thing anymore but we still love like the pirates of the caribbean is a really those movies came out uh, i think the second one came out the year before this yeah so they're in the zeitgeist as well like those are basically like they are westerns in a lot of ways. Swashbuckling you know, are, adventure movies. Swashbuckling yeah. adventure movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so like there is obviously an audience for that, uh, but the key thing seems to be to like make it funny. <laughs> but like in this, you have this whole kind of like western thing. And I, again, I liked, I liked the sort of like the the chasing on the horses. I liked um, Brian Cranston for some unknown reason in this movie, um, but he didn't fight to uphold slavery. So. Thumbs up, Brian Cranston. Um, <laughs> he's a guy you can get behind. <laughs> guy, I hate. I hate Taylor Kitsch in this movie. I'm not sure I've ever seen anything again with him in because he's just a plank of fucking wood in this movie. And I don't know whether he's just a bad actor or whether he's directed to be a plank of wood. You know, like in the prequel trilogy, where you know uh, everyone's acting below their ability. I, mm-hmm. I don't know how much of it is that. 
mm-hmm. uh, for a guy who's used to like directing voice actors and storyboarding emotions. Um, anyway, uh, he falls into a cave um, after being attacked, fights with this um, skinhead, which you'd think they'd be mates, uh, kills him, and then he's like somehow transported to Basun. Oh. We hear that. 11 million times in this movie God. and it's always Basun. Um, it's all the other gravity which is bizarre and then we're kind of into the like and I again quite like this aspect of a movie like the where the fuck am I what the fuck is that what the fuck is going on except you've hired Taylor Kish to be your shirtless like um, antagonist uh, protagonist uh, and, and what you wanted? Be bothered by any of this? You don't get the. Can you imagine Brendan Fraser in this role? I was literally about to say Brendan Fraser. What you want is Brendan Fraser in this film, or you want, you know, nineteen nineties Fraser Ford. type. Yeah, someone well, who like, is. We talked about Conan earlier. Like, not an amazing movie, but you, 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 you hire someone who's got like a bit of an imposing threat. Who you could, it's not com- and then you're fine with it being like a biro no fucking exposition. It's not which complicated. Is go beat up aliens. Exactly. It's not complicated, is it? Simply, but this is the fucking year of Twilight. This is the year the last Twilight movie came out. So everyone has to look like a fucking emo vampire, like um, Edward Cullen from those movies. So he's got the long hair. He's inexplicably pale for a soldier. Typically, they spend a lot of time outdoors. Um, like. He looks like a vampire again because that was our in 2012. What a dark, bleak time for the world where that was what was was the male epitome of beauty. Was like, look at this sexy, skinny guy who's the fucking color of alabaster. Fantastic. (laughs) Oh, and he's wearing eyeliner. Fantastic. Cracking that green stubble they get. Yeah, absolutely. It really just makes his makes him pop. Absolutely. It, it's, um, Yes, I just I don't know where to begin. It, you know the, the the thing with this film and the thing that really uh, that I just I can't get over is that when you're introducing a world, you know, you've okay, we've got a Confederate captain, excellent. Okay, we'll just we'll just forget about that. We'll move on from that. That's fine. We'll Let's not worry what, about that for now. <laughs> what are we What are we going to do then? We're going to transport him to Mars. I mean, how he gets there is just fucking just baffling so underwritten you know, that's fine until they try I'm to moving on. It later because it's magic it's magic it's fine there's a burst of blue light he's on mars fine fine but but when you when you when you're introducing all of these ideas and you're introducing your world and your concept and all this other stuff like you have to, you have to bring the audience with you you have to treat the audience with a little bit of respect and not not talk down to them but also, like, you need to explain. We need a scene. We need a Obi Wan. Obi Wan sits Luke down and expl- and explains the Force to him. Scene in this. Hold on before you fucking respond, because if if you don't if you don't have that if you don't have that moment where we get to take a breath. Yes, let's have some action. He gets chased by the ugly aliens, and then we have a scene where someone draws. They do it later on. Where they draw on the map. I need that earlier. I need to understand what yeah. the hell is going on. Give us an elder. Give us even if they had a human, right? Who was a grizzled human who's been there for a thousand years, and he is able to give us a bit of grounding. And there's a bit of dynamic between them, those two, whatever. But like, I have no idea what's going on. And that thread, 
I have to say, and I'm not particularly attentive when it comes to crap movies. <laughs> I zone out so quickly, but even still, I had no idea what was happening through a good 70% of this film. Like, I'm watching I it going... I don't necessarily disagree. Like, there's a real lack of... Um... For me, it's kind of understanding why anyone's doing the things that are doing, which is always a big week. Oh, the motivation's terrible. And I, I didn't necessarily. I, you know what? You, can, you're, you are right, Sam. You need one or the other. You either need the Obi Wan scene where you have, you know, maybe he's arrested the minute he arrives, he's thrown in prison, and someone in his cell talks. We have a little library scene in the cell, and it explains you're from Jarsoon, Earth of Jarsoon, and he knows what that is, but he tells him he's a liar and a whatever. It's a myth. You're a liar. You're a madman. Whatever. Like, and he gives us a bit of history to explain how mad he is. Like, you either need that, or I need a really, really stunningly clever, like, emotional pull for why this guy is doing what he's doing. Yeah, why Why you know? does he Why does he not just, number one, spend all of his energy trying to get back? As the film progresses, he seems to be uh, pulled in by the allure of this princess or something. But then he's also he's kind gone of... to a different planet, Sam, and he's Superman. Of course he doesn't want to go home, and that's fine, but you kind of need to like lay that down for me where Tell he's us. like, hmm, I could go back where I'm a wanted man because I tried to uphold white people, you know, owning, owning for people of other colors. people. Yeah. Um, and I literally fought in a war to protect that because I believed that that was a right thing to do. Whereas mm. here, everyone loves me. I'm the Jedi Noir fucking Opal, whatever. Uh, what is it? Jedi of Zaganda. Jedak of Zaganda, yeah, you see, I'm, I'm just saying I remember that. The Dejar, um, the Shang, Seb Than, <laughs> Tharks. But like, actually, if they'd had the the pathos to say, like, in this movie of him to be like, have that realization of actually, it's kind of cool here. Like, these people need me. You know, someone needs me, and maybe like you could write in like a, then people needed me in the war, but they don't anymore. And where's what's my place? And <laughs> Because we freed the slaves. So we don't a union need. soldier, just make him a union soldier. Anyway, because it's 2012. Anyway, let's just shelve that for a minute, Sam. Let's shelve the fact. And this book was written in 1912. So much more acceptable in 1912 to have a Confederate veteran in a movie and, and in a story. Those and not poor Confederate veterans guy. down in their luck yeah. after losing the war. They can't find their place in the world. So they're going to go to Mars. It's like, well, trans- in 1912, Sam, we were still. 50 or 60 years out from civil rights. So, <laughs> you know, not that much had changed. Um, anyway, and you can maybe have this thing where, like, uh, John Carter, stupid name, uh, maybe has this thing where, like, and you can just fucking be stupid about it. Just have him tell somebody, have him have an analog you can talk to in this movie and say, I feel like I belong here. And then the always lost moment and everything like that. But you can kind of have that thing where I want to stay, not because he's in love with this woman he's had four conversations with. Um, she is very good looking. We'll give him that. But like, I don't know, mate, you're really going to throw over your entire life. Anyway, less of that um, and more of like, these people need me. I have a place here. I can do do some good. I can, you know, make amends for all the atrocities I did during the war, which he definitely did. Um, <laughs> or, or, do you know what I mean? Like, he has this power and this, and this like responsibility to use it to sort of help these people. Do you know what I mean? Because he is this bone density thing and the gravity difference, which I kind of like but, so, but the, the, apart from the actual looking at it, but I kind of like the idea of it. And yeah, but the other, we don't get the, any of that. so what, so what do we get? This is the thing. This is the thing that I just can't pin down. I can't pin down any reason for him to want to do that. This. <laughs> it's a total, we're doing these things because the script says, the script we have to do says these so. 
And, and and you know what? This goes back to my thing is like, yeah, your marketing's shit, your title's crap. But you're not giving me any reason to care. I, I honestly went into this thinking it's not going to be that bad. It'll be a bit uh, opaque and it'll be maybe not that friendly. But really, there'll be a good there'll be a good sense of story. There'll be a good uh, there'll be there'll be a truth to hang on to that will keep me going through the through the film, a golden thread of of an idea. Nothing, absolutely nothing. What we do get is loads of characters with no motivation or cartoonish evil motivation, like most of these bad guys. This main main bad guy with the the blue Iron Man blaster thing. What the fuck does he want? He wants to kill the other cities. What what are the well, cities called? Gander versus Helium. It, Helium. He, yeah. He wants world domination. He's very much like a arch nineteen twelve criminal uh, but villain. Why? Where, but why? Yeah, because he's a conqueror and all of that, or whatever, or minimal rights. So that's too boring, I suppose. The real baddie is Mark Strong, who is this kind of like weird immortal guy, um, who has a speech where he explain, explains to John Carter um, and the audience <laughs> and the audience that basically they don't care. Uh, basically, they've decided this guy's going to be the king, and we decide things. So that's that. And he like takes the time to have this speech. Why are you not putting a bullet in this fucking guy's head? Anyway, but also, movie. Did you just say the? Did you just say the quiet part loud? Like you, you, you can't just say that your characters don't give a shit. Like you have to give us a reason. Why? This why is, are they this doing comes any back, of this? I'm sure. A failure in the adaptation of like adaptation. this guy's the bad guy, and I'm certain in the books they're not really the bad guy. They're more of like a, you know, a semi-neutral kind of like probably force, an allegory you know I mean? for God. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. But, but fucking nineteen twelve. You betcha. Um, <laughs> but like in the movie, it just means that your arch bad guy, the most terrifying villain, basically has a speech where he's like, "You see, we don't really care. Like, basically, we'll get ours." To fuck you. Um, it doesn't even bother killing anyone. Like, I kind of need the evil guy to be a bit more evil. Even even the guy who's like the conquering guy with the, the city on spider legs, which is baffling, torturously baffling. Um, and I've got lots of questions about the economics. It's, and, it's, and it's, it's a visual. Farm, what, what do they eat? How many a, people are we talking about? Like, it's a visual thing of like, wow, that's cool. But then, exactly. <laughs> It's the same. It's the same question that J.R. Martin asked. You know about Aragorn. Okay, Aragorn. Now you're in charge. What's your economic policy? You know, like yeah. What, as soon as my, my brain just starts having these questions, and I can't get over it, which I know is because this, I'm a nerd. But this movie should be answering those questions for me but because it, I'm a it, nerd. It should be Sam, or it should have the the eloquent like grandeur of the Lord of the Rings no, stories. Yeah, like. If you make it mythology, suddenly it doesn't matter that you're not getting into the agrarian structure of these two Martian cities. <laughs> like suddenly it doesn't matter. How did they do with not... sanitation? <laughs> exactly. What what are the rules on marriage? Because seemingly there's a very heteronormative marriage situation on Mars where there are four armed aliens, green aliens called darks running about. The patriarchy laying eggs knows everywhere. No bounds. It knows no bounds. But our hero can only have sex maritally. Like, King, absolutely astounding. Um, but 
you kind of either need to have that or you need it to have it be mythology and a bit grander and maybe more voiceovers and I hate voiceovers, but maybe more like and the age of and all seemed lost. And then you can have it even like Willow, have it be more of like an epic, mm-hmm. you know, like a very cut and dry. But by having Mark Strong, who like he's a, he's an actor, he can do things, he's good in stuff, like just basically say, eh, um, <laughs> you know, we're going to fuck with your shit, man, but we're not going to kill you or anything. We're not bad guys. Um, yeah. And then having the bad guy turn to try and help him, only to be killed, and it's like, why do I care? Why? Do-? And that was the overriding thought I had during all of this nonsense: is why do I care? Why do I care about because fucking you... Edward Cullen, the fucking transplanetary vampire, and his big <laughs> jumping skills? Because why you... do I care? Because you're invested in the character. N- nope. Because you're interested in how the story develops over the wider scene of Mars and the kind of geopolitics. Nope. You care about the the princess? I mean, she's a bit more, but she's not... It's just Xena Warrior princess. It's not really... I think there's not she's really... fine. She's a little bit underwritten. But... I just think she's getting nothing from Taylor Kished, Kitched. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You, like, exactly. So we're not getting in... nothing from him. So we're not invested in that. So you're, like, you're going through all this... I mean, even these Mark, these Mark Strong, you know, the gods... Like what do they they kinda of wanna like take the resources from the planet or something? Like That's they very, wanna... very poorly explained. But again, again, why? <laughs> why do you <laughs> want to do that? Is it because you want to be rich? Is it because you want you just want power? You want to destroy What you need the world? to do, Sam, is just throw in a line about 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 the proper order. Throw in a line and then you can explain that's why he hasn't killed him, he's got to send him back because these guys are the keepers of order. Like that's why he's getting this guy take over because Mars is doomed to fail. It's and not... the keepers, keepers of order, but yep. they don't say that. We say, "Brah, we're here to mine something." Example. Don't worry about it. Example: the fifth element, right? And uh, my, my recent learning that Luke Besson is an absolute um, dickhead. Aside, we should have a wall of shame, and it should just encompass. It's going to be a big wall. Every <laughs> man in Hollywood. Yeah, everyone. And some of the women. You pre- you have to prove to us that you're not an abuser, and then you come off the wall. Uh, you but- get a card. Everyone's got SAG cards. You should have a not a sexual assaulter card yeah. in Hollywood. Yeah, you yeah. Contested I mean, every three months. Lubasson seems to be even higher than that. He seems to be on the fucking pedophilia level. But anyway, but anyway, Fifth Element is a good film, and there's a there's a the the what's the bad guy in that movie? It's a giant orb of fire, and what does it want? Just to kill everything, just to destroy and maim and bring down hell and wrath on everything. Why does it want it? Because it's evil. That's enough. Like, this is what I don't understand is that it's not difficult. It's not difficult to just write, um, to, to, to make the reason that they want to do this is because they're evil and because they want they want to maintain an order. Like, all of these things aren't that complicated. The main, the main Iron Man bad guy, he to me is probably the worst character in this, because which character I, I, the the main the the guy with the who's got the blue thing they give they give the evil king the evil king the evil king uh, looking uh, Sabthan Sabthan the Jedi <laughs> of Zaganda. So. It doesn't so matter by, because. He's not a character in this movie. Like we have the first scene at the very beginning of the movie 
where he gets given the blue thing, which is never explained and we never get to see being used really. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, we, where's John Carter's blue thing? Why can't we have the? Why isn't that part of this fucking movie? Yeah, because I but, bet it's part of those books. But he but like, he wants to marry never the pays princess. Off. He wants to marry the princess, doesn't he? Like that's that's his initial thing. Is I want to marry the princess. Yeah, he's the sheriff of Nottingham, basically. <laughs> the princess says no, and and thus. Um, but then her dad's like trying to get him to do it. I mean, that whole the whole well, marriage. What you misunderstood, plot. Sam, because it's not explained. Is is Mars um, super super religious, so super Christian. We really love God on Mars. Yeah, uh, and there is no sex before marriage, so he wants to bang this woman. So he's going to have to marry her. Those are just the rules. He can't mm-hmm. circumvent that. He might be the fucking destructive king in of one of the only two cities on the entire planet, but he's got to marry this woman, Sam. It's, it's so just, stupid. It's just so stupid. And, and and I think all of these things compound, right? They compound to the point where when there are cool scenes, like we have a fight with these ape things in an arena later on, we also have lots of cool stuff with these. I mean, I don't love the character design, to be honest, of the aliens. You know, the, I like them. I, I think it's fine and I think they're weird enough, but I just I wish they were a bit more human, just so you could try and connect emotionally with them a little bit more. But anyway, like they're fine and they're interesting and they're like probably the most interesting part of the movie in terms of the, like, oh, these these guys seem actually to be like uh on their own have their own motivations on their own side. Up until the white savior moment. Up until the white saviour, and this is this is like just it's it's like they didn't update any of it. They didn't update any of it from the early twentieth century. I don't understand. Yeah, that. because what you've got is a framework for like. I really liked to be positive for a second. I really liked how this looked largely, unless the camera was on Taylor Kitsch, which it is quite a lot. Um, otherwise, I really liked most of the CG in this. I thought it was pretty good. I liked the look of the aliens with the forearms. Uh, I liked that they were sort of cleverly animated, mostly, so that they were kind of like not doing stuff in a human, you know, not like not in a human way. Like it wasn't just, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, like the the mocap with two arms that just follow the top arms. Like they'd obviously put work into figuring out what they were doing there. Yeah. Um, I like the look of them. I liked a lot of the voice performances. Um, I think the main the main Tharg, Tharg uh, is Willem Dafoe, um, which you wouldn't know, but uh, that's no, him. no, it was good. No, I did, I did um, notice that. Yeah. I think they're good. I like most of the scenes I liked in this movie had the Thargs in them. I think all the mm-hmm. fucking like Asgard city business was a bit dull and boring. Uh, also, any scene in which Telekitched was jumping, uh, I found deeply, deeply upsetting. Um, but other than that. Uh, I really liked this look into this alien world. And what you had with these books is like a, you had a ready-made world. You kind of just needed to plug in and tell a story. And this is what we're talking about, adaptations. You're not having to fucking pay the author. It's in the public domain. You can take this, fucking tear it into pieces, have a shit on it, light it on fire, and then just squash it into a ball and put it on screen. And literally no one will be upset because no one cares. And, 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 and this is, again, let's go back to the director and the, you know the, the the writer of the film, um, Andrew Stanton, who wrote Toy Story, Bugs Life, Toy Story Two, did the screenplay for Monsters Inc., wrote Finding Nemo, wrote Wall-E, did the story for Toy Story Three, 
if, you know, like we go down the list of like Toy Story Two is probably one of the tightest and and yeah. and just brilliantly written scripts in 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 cinema. Like it's so good. It's in an hour and a half we are taken through a whirlwind of emotions and action yeah. and whatever. Fantastic. And I just don't understand. I don't understand how he obviously had quite a lot of control because he could say no to certain things and Disney were kind of not that invested anyway. But how we got to the point with a writer who's so accomplished and so successful, we like just like give me a reason to care. Please, please give me a reason to give a shit about this. I don't want to keep going on and on, but I, it's the point of it's the fundamental failure of this movie is like it looks cool. Yeah, it's kind of some weird ideas, but you never I was never once invested in this. And that is a thing I just it don't get. Really have. The plot is kind of very diffuse. It's very much like a it's a sci-fi novel, the first one, which is kind of like fine for you to set up some ideas and some things and it'd be generally pretty you know, it's pretty interesting, it's pretty cool. The next book is where I'll get into the things that I'm really interested in and, and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh but for a film, especially a three hundred million dollar film that's hoping to like launch a series, if it had been successful, if this had made a billion dollars, like there would be ten of these. You know, this would be the fucking Barsoon expanded universe, uh, which would be a hellscape. And um, but I can't imagine as bad as our current um, future. But you didn't do that. Uh, you made a bad movie, um, and. <laughs> It's just I was thinking about um, another Disney film. Uh, do you remember the Atlantis movie, the animated I, one? Yes, I do. Yeah, I remember and that, that shares a lot because I, just in terms of like with Avatar having come, the new Avatar having come out like really recently. Like I was thinking about not in relation to this movie, which I'd never fucking heard of until you said we should watch it. Uh, like the way that sort of like quote unquote natives are treated, native peoples are treated mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. screen. So in Avatar which the first Avatar came out before this movie, you've got another fucking white man, another ex-soldier white man, who comes in and is saves the day and becomes the fucking leader of the tribe of Native yeah. Yeah. Because that's the only possible way they could survive, is if a white man helps them. And this happens all the time. Now, in Atlantis, which is a Disney movie, right? And I bet somebody on the staff was like, mm, this is very similar to a movie we made 10 years ago. Um, in Atlantis, they go to Atlantis. There's these native peoples, Atlanteans. Um, they're archaeologists slash tech thieves or whatever. And the colonel wants to steal like the power source for Atlantis. Uh, and we learn that if he does, like Atlantis will fall and all these people will die. The colonel doesn't care because he wants this power source, right? So that's okay. a very simple thing. You have a princess who our main character, but he's voiced by Michael J. Fox. Uh, has a romance with uh, you have her father who's the king and you have this whole, the same political thing of like I want to stop these bad guys because I, I suddenly care about, about this woman and these people and their way of life and they deserve to be preserved right so you've kind of got a blueprint there of how to maybe tell the story which they kind of do try to tell because the princess is literally looking for a power source we get one scene it's never explained it's never pursued what is powering or whatever like that. but like that's something that is literally happening in this movie. But they just don't bother with any of the like the call to action. Like John Carter wants to save the princess. He couldn't give two shits about helium. He wants to save the princess. Yeah, for reasons that are 
very surface level now. I think maybe, Hopefully maybe. That are very heteronormative. He wants yeah. to save her so that she can marry him and not the other guy. I think maybe we're, we've we've gone off, started on the wrong foot by having a main character be a confederate captain. Ooh, that doesn't really, he's not, it doesn't really suggest that he's going to be that interested in, um, you know, protecting the, uh, the, 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 the livelihoods and uh, uh, experiences of these people, does it? It's, it suggests an imperialist. <laughs> it, we, well, well, what we get as well is the fact we never really get to meet any of the Barsoonians, any of the humans, basically, any of the people. We never really get to meet. The only culture we sort of like become sort of familiar with is the facts. Yeah, and that's cool, immersed. interesting. Yeah. But like, because we never get to meet any of the princess's people, we really don't give two shits about them because we don't know anything about them. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, these peaceful people and they, they love peace and technology and that, like nothing. We get nothing about that. Uh, we just get that they're people and these are also people and they're the bad people, right? Yeah. The Thargs, who we meet and we realize can be like, they're quite hard, brutal people because it's a dying planet, all of that. Very cool. Um, and then they come into play later because John Carter comes back, murders their war chief so he can assume the title of war chief so that he can take them to war. And you're like... He becomes... They make him chief because of because of like... For reasons. Because he beheads the other guy in a scene they presumably couldn't be bothered to shoot, so you just beheads him in about a second, and like, and that's it. Like Harrison Ford and... shooting the sword guy in Raiders, <laughs> completely <sighs> just. We just had this like quite fun, like um, it's like it's very like um, the Clone Wars with like the big monsters in the pit. The, this is the thing. The like, chain act of the clones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, um... just. It, it just... Another very bad movie, just to be clear. Yeah. Uh, Attack of the Clones is not a good movie, but a bad movie uh, from but... a decade earlier, like we, yeah, two thousand and two, yeah. whatever but it was. I think it's competently done. I think the CG looks a lot better in this than it did, obviously, ten years ago, earlier, for very obvious reasons that ten years had elapsed. Yeah. Um, but like, you get a really cool scene, and then just this perfunctory, like, right, and now we're going here, and they go there, and there's some fighting, and then. Again, the movie isn't interested in any of it. Well, like... Sab, so the the guy with the blue thing on his arms is killed, and the Mark Strong has to run away. Is that right? And so we end up with like him, Carter, because he's the only man left, becomes the leader of the planet because he's a white man. Sam. Because he's a white, exactly. Uh, yeah. Because also, and I bet this is from the book as well. Um, the people on Mars are coded as red people. That's the word they use. And uh, which I'm sure is a thin fucking term for natives, Native Americans. It totally um, is. And the white people, by the way, in this movie are the Mark Strong evil villain types. They're white and they're referred to as the white people. Well, there he's the called he's called Matai Shang. He is yeah. uh, Mark Strong's character. Also, I, I was looking at that going. Okay, is that again? And we've got lots. We've got more coding in this. Um, Lynn Collins, I think, d- who plays uh, princess. Princess also has made claims of has made unsubstantiated claims of Cherokee ancestry. So I think like they were going for something, and it's a bit uncomfortable. No, no, I'm not saying the film does. I'm not saying the film does as such. Although no, they have quite intentionally cast. Like quite a lot of Pacific. I, I think there is. I think roles. there is a. Yeah. I think 
what this must be taken from the book, which is from 1912. You probably your first job when you adapt a book from 1912, take out all of the racism. Ooh, like obviously take number one. Half the book, which is all racism, and throw it away. Number one, racism. Then you get rid of the eugenics. Then you get rid of the kind of favourable uh, mood of uh, fascism that was. Yep. <laughs> that was then, to then if you have time, maybe add some women and give them some agency, but only <laughs> yeah. if you've got time. Because, like, even then, also take out the Confederate backstory. Yeah. Uh, but, like, again, people you're called? adapting a no, book. No, you, you don't have the time for that, things. obviously. You can cut things. You can cut all of this. Um, yeah, but Dave, but, but the fans, the fans, the, the fans of the Princess on Mars are going to be outraged if we do this. All of these nonogenarians from a movie that came out literally 100 years. All 12 of them. After the book. I don't even know... Centarians, centenians, centarians, super centarians. Anyone <laughs> over a hundred? That's the one. That's there the we one. go. <laughs> right? They would literally, literally have to be among the two or three oldest people in the world who have read this book when it came out, and then also have seen the movie. Um, what it's... a fucking cradle to grave for you. Um, <laughs> we haven't even mentioned Sam. The fucking stupidest part of this movie. The go stupidest on. part of this movie is that it is bookended and framed by a Sherlock Holmes mini story. Um, well, where... the, end of the, the, the end of this film, right? I watched this. I watched the end of this movie. Had you forgotten that we met this character at the beginning? 100%. <laughs> and, so, and then I'm like, and then so what, what I had to do when I finished, I literally finished this, the moment the credits came on, I was like, well, there we go, this end of that. And I went to Wikipedia and had to read a plot summary. Number one, I'm like, uh, sorry, that's Edgar Rice Burroughs. What the fuck? Like the Tarzan guy. Uh, uh, okay, so that's fine. So that's the young guy in this. And then when you read, I the, knew him as the Spy Kids kid. The Spy Kids kid. So He's let me let, kids. let me read. Let me just read some of this. So uh, 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 Chang's forced to escape. Carter becomes prince. Marries the princess. Blah 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 blah. He decides to stay on Mars forever, throws away his medallion, but Shang, Mark Strong, reappears and gives Carter another challenge in sending him back to Earth. Carter embarks on a long quest to find one of the medallions on Earth. After several years, he appears to die suddenly and asks for unusual funeral moments. Blah, blah, blah. So everyone thinks, great, he's found the medallion, he's back. Then we go back to the present, the start of the movie. Burroughs goes into Carter's tomb and then Thurn appears, raises a weapon before Carter appears to shoot Thurn in the back. And then he steals the medallion because he didn't find one in the end. And this was an entire scheme to lure one of these guys back. It's a Sherlock the... Holmes mystery. That is for some reason. Again, there was a Sherlock Holmes movie that came out the year before this. That was the Robert Downey Jr. one. Like this. And but I've got to think so they kept this in. It's just so convoluted. To be like, I've got to get back to Mars to this woman who I've known for three to six weeks tops. <laughs> and like, this is the stupidest thing, Sam, is that he has to build this elaborate tomb because this stupid mechanical thing we didn't need to have explained is that the body on Mars is a copy. So when he travels from Earth, his body just fucking hit the ground and then lay there Four weeks until he came back and you're like that makes no sense couldn't it just be magic transport wouldn't that make a thousand times more sense than 
this. I hadn't, I hadn't quite captured, I hadn't quite grasped that. To be he gets honest. up and all of his clothes are stiff and crusty because he's been lying there for weeks. God, it's exhausting. And this is the problem. This is the problem with this film, is that you know you it requires so much of you. It requires so much fucking attention. And 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 this is why I think when they were when Disney executives were looking at this, they were going, they were they were rightly going, nah. They on the premiere, there's a um, I can't, can't I can't find the. Uh, there we go. Premiere. So there's a um, the El Capitan Theatre in Hollywood, which Disney owned, had recently renovated, and um, they didn't use it. They didn't use it. They put it in uh, another theatre in LA, and so basically there was a kind of weird thing of of of, of being like, well. Why haven't if this is your big movie, you spent three hundred and fifty million dollars on this. You're not even going to put it in your main theater, like the big. And I think I just think Disney knew. I think the executives probably were right, and they thought, yeah, this is this isn't isn't going to work. Like this is not going to be the film for us. What we need to do is quietly and not so obviously bury it. And so what we're left with is, uh, you know, collateral for science fiction movies which we can use to punt out into the Star Wars movie in a few years. Like you know, or even the fucking other science fiction movie that we want to put out called The Avengers in just a few months. And that is a thing I just I just don't understand how there isn't a point where you go, actually, should we rewrite this? Because they do they did loads of reshoots. They did loads of reshoots. And yet we're still left with all of this crap. Like this bit at the end, you know, just cut it all. Just have him stay on Mars. And then have... Yeah, it's, it's really astounding. Have, um, have, have a scene, have a scene where we think Mark Strong's dead. And what do we get? You know, his finger twitches or something. Like we get a, we get a sense that this is in the end. We, we hint at a sequel that might not come, but at least we'd have... Well, at least we have something that isn't going to just require us to do more thinking at the end of this two-hour fucking snooze fest. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, I want to show you, because uh, I had briefly looked. Um, I'm actually going to read this book. Um, I know I'm an absolute glutton for punishment uh, because I'm kind of interested in 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 how much you know made the film, uh, and it's quite short. So I'm just going to present my screen because I'm going to show you the because I had to go online and order this book. Okay. Uh, what covers look like? Uh, Here we go. So this awesome. is this the original? Uh, yes. Uh, well, it's like this has been re-released on paperback. Like uh, so this is time. the nineteen. This is the nineteen twelve. Princess on Mars is what we're is what we're gonna see. And you show me the cover. I mean, yeah, there it is. So like, but it's, this isn't even the one that I saw and didn't buy. Um, look, look at this. Just... So we've we've got a we've got a, a scantily clad woman. Well, in the book, look we've... at that. Um, <laughs> it's an actual breast. So wow. There's in a... the book, this is a bit of trivia. In the book, everyone's naked <laughs> <laughs> all the time. So, like the princess is. Well, is... you buried the lead on that, Dave. That would be something. To yep. I was hoping that I could find that the one I'd seen was like a a very pink, very very like enormous hits like like very basic cartoon of a woman and that was the whole cover and i was like 
what the fuck? Um, but some of these like seventies and eighties covers and even even earlier are like, you know, um, the, the, a... the, this is a this is a film that really deserved to be um, trash eighties science. Uh, uh, fantasy, didn't it? Because we get so much of that. We talked about uh, Willow. We talked about those. Um... Well, even even Dune. Um, June. June. Uh, <laughs> Dune. Dune. Every time like, it sounds like I'm saying June, and I'm June. saying June. Um, <laughs> June, the month, like, or what? Even even June like had an '80s film adaptation, so it's really surprising that this didn't. Because like you are right. All these themes would play much better, even like 60s. Like, make it in the realms of like Flash Gordon is obviously ripping this off anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, make it a Barbarella or a Flash Gordon, like weirdly sexual 60s movie. Suddenly, you've got something that might be like, you know, a cult movie. I'm not saying it'd be good, but you know, you might have a cult movie or a Conan movie or a Xenia Warrior Princess era thing. But like, to make it in 2012 and also for it to be so well made, apart from the plot, like, I think yeah. still look, you know. But it's it, a very well produced film. Disney does not release shitty looking movies. But it goes back. It goes back to the. It goes back to the, the original sin of this movie, which is you're basing a you're basing a movie off a 1912 fucking book by Edgar Rice Burroughs. Yeah, who was you spent who, 300 who, million dollars? You couldn't spend 200 fucking thousand of that that hiring someone to adapt it. But he 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 was a eugenicist. He literally was like a fucking full on Nazi. Not quite that, you know. But he was he was into the 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 fucking cranial biology and all this mad shit right and yeah. and so that's the original sin of this movie isn't it the original sin of this movie is you cannot get away from the fact that you're basing a book off this mad eye fucking idea um yeah it's astounding um it was interesting to do the uh, box office bomb idea um because again i really never heard of this and i'm a fucking arch nerd like you know, I've read June. Yeah, Only well, it's kind of infamous, isn't it? Eye. It's kind of infamous, but at the same time, there's no reason for you to. There's no reason for you. Like it came out in 2012, Sam, which was to make us sound like we are 80,000 years old because we were born in 1912, seemingly. Uh, <laughs> like that was the year after we left university. Yeah, like that was the year I read all of the Game of Thrones book because it just books that just come on TV. Yeah, you would think I would be exactly the sort of person who'd be like, "Oh my god, this this cool like sci-fi movie." But never heard of it because it's called no, John because, Carter. Because the lack of marketing, Disney did their job, which was to bury this because they knew that it was shit. They knew that it was not to be. Not I just to think be. It's such a mistake to call it, to <laughs> not call it Princess of a, a Princess of Mars. I think is a fine movie title. Or I the Princess that... of Mars, or like anything else. Just I, or even like the Barsoom Chronicles. You know, like it's shit, but suddenly it's like but well, the bassoon cycle or something. It's I just go like... back to I go back to my original point, which is that I I really reject the idea. You can blame this on the marketing. You can blame this on the title. This is a bad movie because it's a bad fucking movie that doesn't make sense. That requires far too much from you as an audience. And at the end of the day. I can get past, like we can now in the in the cold light of podcasting we can look past we That's can a look great past podcast name by the way why, why don't we call our podcast oh, shit that? I know we fucked up uh, the, we we can look past so much crap and we can look past 
you know, we've we've watched a lot of movies where you think, wow, this is really not going to be good, and actually ends up being really fun and engaging. We have a good time, and it because, can still be bad. And it can st- because there's something there. There's something there that you, there's a little nugget of something that's interesting. There's nothing here for me. There's nothing. That, the well, CGI is all the good cardinal enough. sins, Sam. Of I don't care what anyone's doing. They don't care what they're doing. That's even somehow even worse than me not caring what they're doing. Is they don't care what they're doing. I'm kind of it's bored. long. It's boring. Ross, bless him, is in a coma now. <laughs> he he fell, asleep fell asleep three times. Three times trying to watch this movie, um, and I can't blame him because you know, <laughs> it's just it's just three times. He's and literally the in is... the ICU, Sam. He's, there's no brain out of it. He's gone. And... And the man is sleep deprived from 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 you know his uh, his his child. However, yeah. three I, times I to get through it, a two and a half hour movie. I just find it so frustrating because it's not even two and a half hours. It's, it's two, two hours, hours twelve minutes. and ten minutes of credits. No, I hours, yeah, two hours and three is the actual runtime. I checked. Um, I was like, thank fuck, like, I saved myself ten minutes. I really liked how this film looked in a lot of times. I think that maybe can you imagine if this had been like even a Prince of Persia movie type thing or. With this sort of aesthetic to it, and like, maybe. I like the sword and sandals thing. I know it's been done, and I know, it, especially now, it feels very trite. But like, you could have had like a fun, kind of like weird sci-fi movie here if you just kind of like taken all of the racist, eugenicy, sexist shit from the story, put it to one side, right? Leave that to the fucking internet trolls and the people if... on Deviant Art, right? And then have. <laughs> And then have your film be like an actual fucking story that you can tell with characters who are interesting. And because none of the actors are too bad, but this film seems to have killed everyone's career. Like, Taylor Kitsch didn't really ever go anywhere. Um, the, the, the princess, who's you mentioned her name earlier, like she's done very little since and has come out and spoken and said, like, this movie basically made it impossible for her to get a job because everyone thought she was poisoned yeah. because Lynn, this movie was so bad. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, and obviously like Brian Cranston and Mark Strong have gone on to deal with the stuff, but kind of you know Willem Dafoe because you can't see him in this movie. But it's just a real shame because like you had all this production budget, you obviously made this like this really good CG. The company that did the CG like fucking have never done a project anywhere near this big since because they were poisoned. Even though Andrew, the CG is pretty good, Andrew Stanton is a really good good writer and director. Problem is, you based. You, you you did all this for a, for a 1912 movie with a Confederate hero. Yeah, it's like it's like written, adapting Mein Kampf into <laughs> into an action sci-fi movie. A little a literal uh, um, scientific racist, like fantastic, good yeah. job, well done. Like a book written before before suffrage, uh, before civil rights. Um, you know, like in some places on the eve of the freedom of religion, of the, you know, the the, the, the second world worst <laughs> war in the conflict, armed conflict in the history the of the world. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's astounding. Like, um, this is this is this is all gold. This is all this. This is the texture we want to bring to 2012, says Disney. Like, but no. it can, but it can be done. You can adapt stuff from this old, like all the HG Wells stuff has been adapted reasonably well. Like it's doable. You just need to fucking modernize it. And like, you know, again, biggest thing, like cardinal rule of making a film is make a fucking film. 
Yeah, well, that's a nasty. I don't give a shit if it's based on a scroll you found buried under sixteen <laughs> bodies in the middle of fucking Cairo. Like, make it a movie if it's going to be a movie. And that's the Avatar. You know? I think. I think this film is fucking poisoned. Jim Cameron has so much to answer he, for. He 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 poisoned. He poisoned movie movie makers by thinking that anyone could get away with this. That you could just do this. You could just do it. It's fine. You get you loads of CG and blue people. Mildly right? racist movie. Um, and everyone will flock CG. to it. It'll be the biggest film. And so white racist, a quite openly racist movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sexist you can, as well. You can do all this. And I think that is that is the biggest lesson, isn't it? It's the biggest lesson. As usual, actually... though, Sam, fuck us. We don't know what we're talking about because Avatar The Way of Water is now the fifth highest grossing movie of all time. And it's been out for two weeks. So apparently Jim Cameron can continue to do this without any sort of censure. I He's don't. making 500 more of these movies. Um, <laughs> but at least, at least, nobody's making any more fucking John Carter movies. Yes. I also, think be... also, that's a shit name for your protagonist. That's a shit name for your hero. John, white man, John white Carter. Man. <laughs> like it's that John is... Smith, the hero. He's a white guy. It's just, there's just so much wrong. There's just so much wrong with this. And and you know what? It's funny because in the list of box office bombs, which include uh, other Disney movies like uh, Tomorrowland, uh, uh, the Is Johnny Depp. One? Yes, Johnny Depp, Lone Ranger, which it has Johnny Depp as Native American Tonto. Charming. Um, <laughs> oh, Johnny Depp talking about Hollywood scumbags. Yeah, there's the other one is Jungle Cruise as well, which is relatively it's actually quite a fun movie. But Jungle Cruise did that lose money? It did. It's on the list. That was all right. It, it was fine. fine. It has that picture. It has that absolutely baffling fucking gay uh, plot running through it. There's just like, what the a fuck gay is panic in 2021? Like what, seriously? <laughs> Followed by then, and I picked these out because these these are all in. I think the kind of like. Westerny adventure movies that I just I think are dying a death. This strange world, which was released recently on Disney Plus, which made a grand total of fucking nothing because it was, um, but actually a really cool film, really interesting. But I just I don't think people want this type of movie. I think we are in a glut of of science fiction, you know, of superhero movies that just are not going to let us have anything else. So I think it really signals like this was a start of those movies of audiences just saying no and, and deciding that this wasn't what we're gonna we're gonna pay for. We're gonna pay for superheroes until the end of time. God yeah. help us. Um, <laughs> God what help did us. I say we're gonna do next week? I've really You said we're going to do a Ridley like Scott movie. A Ridley Scott movie. Which had that game in it? That um, had the um, last jewel, two thousand and twenty. Last jewel from last year, um, which is a historical movie. Which I'm not sure we've done a, a straight historical sort of movie. I'm, Dave, um, I'm going to read you. About. I'm going to read you. Going to read you this, and I'm going to. In theory, I have read this. I'm going to just. Hey, you just made me watch John Carter. I think you can sit back down, Sam. Okay, but I just want you to understand what we're going into. 
The Last Jewel, the true story of crime scandal. Da, da. Set in middle of France, a film stars uh, Matt Damon as a knight who challenges his former friend, played by Alan Driver, to a judicial duel after his wife, um, Jodie Comer, accuses Jax of raping her. The events leading up to the duel are divided into three distinct chapters, reflecting the contradictory perspectives of the three main characters. And I'm just like, straight away, like, okay. If it okay. helps, Sam, um, I've told Ross no superhero movies, and he has yet to pick a box office bomb, so mm. he's going to be swinging wild for unseen with that one. Um, yeah, but I think this is probably going to be a good ex- example of it was released during or in and around pandemic. Yeah, COVID. I think we have. I think we have to look at the list of box office bombs, like Strange World from Disney, just there. I think we have to. Um, I think we'll have to contextualize them and put a little yeah, star yeah. on the list and say, came out around the pandemic. Cinemas were not really that much of a thing. So we just had to dump it onto Disney Plus or whatever. Like Turning Red's another one where really, really well reviewed movie. Absolutely nowhere. It's on the it's on the list of, of all yeah. time box office bombs because well Disney this is why I wanted it. to watch Last Jewel because I kinda of was kind of looking for less movies on the the big list of box office bombs is like um, quite a lot of white guy movies, and I know obviously this is a, a movie about white people in medieval France. It's yep. quite a white guy movie, um, but I wanted to do something more modern rather than like a you know Shawshank's the big sort of that's the famous that's you know the best box office bomb. I wanted to do a good movie rather than John Carter, which is a bad movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that that movie failed because it was a bad movie. This movie failed because of COVID, and I'm certain because like it's probably quite dreary in parts it's meant to be reasonably okay um but i'm excited to see what we think of it and how many times ross falls asleep um uh, it's, have a uh, counter on the screen of every episode yep yep absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> ding ding maybe the dings will wake him up actually get good. you to the icu with a triangle so maybe you'll wake up <laughs> um it's a good. It's a good. It's a. It's a good fun list to explore. And yes, I think we we could have an entire podcast just a box office bombs that would last us uh, many many episodes. Yes. Well, it's a nice thing to explore while we're. Um, I really, I really like getting away from. We sort of fall into this rut maybe sometimes of just like doing our favorite movies, which is fine. Uh, but then it becomes a little bit less. Um, yeah. Well, you guys let us do two superhero. A- movies in a row in batman and spider-man 3 so i didn't realize that until i edit, edited the episodes and uploaded them you're only on one of them sam yeah but still we're not that podcast it's, we're I not think the we are that podcast. Podcast. I know we we're three white guys in our 30s sam. god damn it <laughs> every time just when you think you're out they pull you back in damn you patriarchy <laughs>